0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCad.com. And I'm Scott Jason with fog.net.
1: This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's
2: episode on the 24 seven sports podcast network.
1: Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen Scott, what a game. I actually watched the entire game. Hey, it looked like Christmas had broken out in feel Field, Fieldhouse. <laughs>
2: yeah, I remember if it's a football game years ago. Red color rush versus green color rush. The NFL people, colorblind people couldn't necessarily <laughs> tell the two apart. I didn't see any complaints about that, but... All red, all green, it was Christmas in Lawrence. what
1: do you think of the red uniforms?
2: Oh, I, I like the red uniforms. They typically haven't worn them. No, they don't wear them often. The, the official story from KU is they prefer the more like historical throwbacks. The kind of reason that I think a lot of us have seen is that Bill Self can be superstitious. They lost in the red uniforms a couple times, but Devontae Graham a few years ago, he wanted to wear him on senior day, so they brought him back, and then a few years later, they bring him back again.
1: Nice. It was great. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash show on Twitter at thedrive13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net we start things off with our two-minute drill the two-minute drill sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center well scott kansas took down number two Mm -hmm. baylor on saturday Ending the Bears quest for an undefeated season, the Bears were off for three weeks due to COVID-19 protocols. So how much can you take away from this game?
2: Yeah, well, Fitz, that's been the kind of national storyline coming out of this one. It's been less about Kansas and more about Baylor. And look, I understand it. Baylor clearly missing something after being off for three weeks. It's not the same Baylor team. Let's also hold on a second. This Baylor team only committed three turnovers. This Baylor team was guarded and took a lot of the same guarded shots that it normally takes. People pointed to the rebounding margin. KU out-rebounded Baylor by 20 and said, well, that's a sign it's not the real Baylor. Well, you know, why KU out-rebounded Baylor by 20? Kansas had like 12 or 15 more turnovers than Baylor. And when you turn the ball over, you're not shooting. The other team isn't getting a defensive rebound. And you are going to out-rebound them. Look, there are things that Baylor didn't do as well in this game, but there are also things, and there were a lot of things, that Kansas did really, really well. You see one of those right there, Dewan Harris, Mitch Lightfoot, the KU bench found ways to contribute, played well. There was a ton of energy in the building. I think Allen Fieldhouse was supposed to be limited to 2,600 fans. If there were only 2,600 <laughs> fans in there, I would be surprised. I'm not saying it was double that, but uh, I've heard worse atmospheres at 16,300 non—you know—packed Allen Fieldhouse non-conference games. Uh, the the Fieldhouse was absolutely juiced. David McCormick uh, just been a man on a mission. You know. A lot of talk about his season fits, uh, how much he struggled early. But if you just chopped off the first three games, not not non-conference play, three games, he was averaging something like 14 points, seven rebounds, shooting 53% from the field on the year. Coming into this game, he scores 20. And how good has KU's defense been? I mean, it's not just rebounding, which you're getting from Jalen Wilson and Christian Brown. But KU has tweaked its ball screen defense. It's made it easier for David McCormick and let him do what he does well. He slides his feet really well on the perimeter to help trap guards. So rather than having him recover back to his man and run and be out of position, something he's really bad at, Bill Self has said, no, let's have him do the thing he's really good at and trap guards on the perimeter, have the wings rotate behind him and cover for his mistakes or when he can't get back to a guy, it has completely changed this KU team. They are a top 10 defense on Ken Palm. I think they're a top 10 defense nationally. Uh,
1: it was impressive. And and look, Baylor was off. There's no <laughs> doubt about it, but I'm not going to give them an exception because they didn't take care of business off the court and then COVID infected so many guys of the team. That's part of this season. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's that's part of the game, but I'm not sure even a healthy Baylor team is going to beat that KU team on that night. They they were really good.
2: They were turned up to use a bill word. They had a lot they of energy. Were. It's not always sustainable. Of course, you can't play like you're playing the number two team in the country who beat you in Allen Fieldhouse on senior day. Can't always replicate it, but they, they had a lot of energy. Well,
0: good.
2: it's K-State had won two games in a row, heading to West Virginia on Saturday, but with freshman point guard Nigel Pack sitting out with an eye infection. Ouch, the Wildcats lost to the Mountaineers 65-43. How troubling is that kind of an offensive
1: output? It's really dreadful. I mean, we'll get to Pack more a little bit later in the show, but. Kansas State had an opportunity to make it three in a row and before the game we find out Nigel's not playing and you pretty much knew where this game was going. But then Kansas State's defense, which has been so good, was really good in wins over TCU and then Oklahoma uh, in the last two games, really showed up again and even without Pack they defended at an extremely high level. Kept the game within striking distance if Kansas State had a real offense. They've scored 62 points in the previous two games to win. They gave up 65 here. They've held the previous two teams under 60, and that seems to be the number they need to shoot for. What I find interesting about this is this game was very reminiscent of that KU game in which both offenses were really bad, and K-State's only scored 41 points, even though it held KU below 60. K-State just really struggled scoring. I mean, West Virginia's defense is good, it's disruptive, but there's it's funny how some matchups work in a one program's favor over the other. Take Oklahoma. Lon Kruger's never beaten Bruce Weber in Bramlage Coliseum. It almost defies explanation when it happens this year, and they're ranked seventh. And K-State comes into that game with two conference wins. On the other hand, Kansas State can't seem to handle West Virginia, and whatever magic potion Bob Huggins gives his team, because once. K- or once K-State really started to struggle offensively in the second half, West Virginia just kind of pecked away and pecked away and pretty soon a single digit lead was 15 and then it got up above 20 to 25 which was the margin of victory the first time these two teams met. K-State turns the ball over too much against West Virginia, they played dreadful again, but this was probably not a game you're going to win if you're K-State. Even if you're rolling, going into Morgantown against a really hot west virginia team not a good formula for k-state they've got one left they've got one rescheduled game next saturday with iowa state and that should be entertaining
2: yeah fitz i don't know that there's any greater sign of the offensive struggles that you talked about they went through that game then i think the highlights for that game lasted all of like 20 seconds there on the screen horrible. there were not many to choose from
1: horrible davion bradford was pretty good for k-state and everyone else was not not good at all it was painful to watch well, Scott, we're going to ask this as a poll question later in the show, but let's get started now. Which coaching job has been the best in the Big 12 this year? Well, Fitz, Big 12 Coach of
2: the Year is always kind of a funny award mm-hmm. because Bill also only won it a few times, and yet he's won the conference 14 years in a row and 15 out of 17 or whatever. But uh, look, I think there are a few interesting names. Scott Drew, any conversation has to start there. But Let's talk about what Mike Boynton has done at Oklahoma State, because it's not just what's going on on the court. Uh, a lot of it is off the court, too. Yes, they have Cade Cunningham. He is the number one player in the nation. He's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. He led Oklahoma State to this overtime win uh, that you're going to see here. Uh, you know, At Oklahoma, a great win in these two teams will actually uh, square off again to start March. Oklahoma State is better than it should be. Um, We've seen teams before have one elite talent, whether it was Ben Simmons at LSU, Markel Fultz at Washington, even Trey Young. You know, that OU team was a borderline tournament team. This Oklahoma State team is borderline ranked. It will be in the tournament. It is probably going to avoid being you know, in that first set of Big 12 tournament games, when the seven seed plays the 10 and the, the eight plays the nine, Oklahoma State is probably safe from that. And a large part of that is due to Cade Cunningham. But think about what's gone on off the court about this team having a postseason ban and players leaving the program and not knowing their future. Cade Cunningham decides to stick it out. And yes, they're appealing that ruling from the NCAA, and so maybe it looks like they will be able to play in the postseason. But for Mike Boynton, to keep that group together, playing hard, staying engaged, focused on the task at mind, knowing the NCAA could retroactively wipe it all away or at any moment basically pull the plug on their season, I think he deserves a ton of credit for how he's coached them, especially with everything off the court. Now, obviously, Scott Drew has done a great job. I think Bill Self. Uh, has helped Kansas recover after a January skid. But I don't know that I wouldn't go with Mike Boynton right now, Fitz, if you asked me to pick my Big 12 Coach of the Year.
1: I would go with Scott Drew, but in favor of Mike Boynton is this. Until Saturday, I have not been overwhelmed by Cade Cunningham. It's not like he's absolutely carried that team. He's just one of the very good parts that Mike Boynton's put together. And, in fact, I've seen games when he gets into foul trouble, goes to the bench, and Oklahoma State actually looks Mm -hmm. better without Cade Cunningham. And again, that goes to coaching, but how do you deny what what Scott Drew has done down in Waco? It's been pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate.
2: Well, last week's question was, after Baylor, who is the second best team in the Big 12? And... We go to the results here, a lot of people saying Kansas. Now that might be because, you know, locally some people are gonna support their team, but West Virginia right behind Kansas. Kansas 56%, West Virginia 28%, Texas 9%, Oklahoma 7%.
1: I think we can agree that now Kansas and West Virginia have kind of risen above the the rest of that group in the middle to be behind Baylor. Mm -hmm. Here is this week's question. Who should be Big 12 Coach of the Year? We just discussed it. Here are your choices, Scott Drew from Baylor, Bob Huggins from West Virginia, Bill Self from KU, or Mike Boynton from Oklahoma State. Vote on our Twitter page, at TheDrive13.
2: And that will do it for this half of the two minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
1: Welcome back to the drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, Saturday was Senior Day for Marcus Garrett. The two other KU seniors will be returning next year. The floor is yours. What has Garrett meant to KU basketball?
2: Well, fits. He's meant a lot, and in many cases, Marcus Garrett is a player who should have been the ultimate blue guy, should have gone down as maybe the best blue guy in the history of college basketball. If you think about it, he's a National Defensive Player of the Year, national. He is the guy who led the Big 12 in assists and assists to turnover ratio, but he was never the guy. And in my opinion, that's what a glue guy is, right? He. He a role, he does his thing, he's part of the team, but at the same time, he never really transcends that, and that's kind of what he's been thrust into his senior year. He's had to transcend that and kind of lose that, you know, title of blue guy role because he's been such an important piece for Kansas. Obviously, defensively, What he did in that matchup with Jared Butler was so Marcus Garrett. Jared Butler scored five points on two of nine shooting. Zero of those points were scored against Marcus Garrett. Both came after offensive rebounds on free throws. So what does that mean? Jared Butler, a National Player of the Year candidate who scored 30 points with eight assists in the first meeting against Kansas, got shut out by Marcus Garrett in that game. Marcus Garrett was terrific. Uh, Obviously, he's a player that Bill Self loves and cares about uh, a lot and, and sees a different way than I think Bill Self has with a lot of different players. I think Bill Self and Marcus Garrett, I think they see eye to eye about basketball. I think they see eye to eye, despite the fact that they communicate, you know, in so many different or, or such a different kind of fashion. Think about this. Bill Self talked about, you know, how to fire Marcus Garrett up after. Senior Day, or he knows that if Marcus Garrett's in a bad mood, he can take the attention off him, put it on someone else, and let Garrett kind of ease into things. Marcus Garrett, at the same time, he's telling Bill Self that he changed his life. He tells Jaren's Howard, who recruited him, that he's like a father figure. But as much as you associate Kansas with guys like Mitch Lightfoot, Christian Brown, who people say, you know, you cut their chest open and a Jayhawk flies out. That's the, uh, the expression that, that gets thrown around. Marcus Garrett committed to Kansas, Jaren's Howard told me, without ever taking a visit. When he called Jarence Howard to commit, Jarence Howard was shocked. He didn't think he was ready to commit. But Marcus Garrett found a home. He found a place he wanted to play college basketball, which was Kansas, and he knew. And, and that was it. It was over. His family was there on senior day. Fitz, he's had a good, maybe not a, an elite KU career. Maybe his jersey won't be hung in the rafters. But, man, has he meant a lot to Bill Self, and I think he's meant a lot to KU
1: basketball. It's a good life lesson. When you know it's right, trust your gut, man. Go mm-hmm. with it. Very well. Good.
2: As we mentioned earlier, K-State played without Nigel Pack at West Virginia. He's only a freshman, but it seems as if the Wildcats are not competitive without Pack. So, fits how important is Pack to Bruce Weber's program.
1: He, he's a difference maker, and keep in mind that during the two wins, he wasn't really good offensively, but just having him out there seems to take enough pressure off guys like Mike McGill and other people where they can go do your thing. Nigel Pack's a, a really good guard. And, and he might develop into a superstar-type player for K-State, but he's only 5'11-ish. Uh, he really needs someone uh, to, to kind of handle the weight next to him. They need another big-time score, and, and something interesting has developed this past week. K-State has two open scholarships for next year. They don't know if Mike McGirl is going to come back, uh, even though he's eligible to come back with a free season. K-State started recruiting again for the 21 class, which I thought was really interesting, even though they've got one signed and one committed for the two open scholarships. That means they, of course, expect someone to leave, which isn't weird in these days and ages, but it, it seems like they're really looking for someone to help Nigel Pack, to take some pressure off of him and give him a running mate. We've got a column by Michael Goins at Go Powercat about that very topic, how he needs someone to be his wingman going forward because he just can't carry the load. But I'll say this, when he was out with COVID-19, K-State was trash, they were really bad. And even in the game he came back when he wasn't fully healthy and he played more minutes than he should have, was that epic 45 point loss at West, at uh, Baylor, excuse me. It uh, was just an awful performance by K-State. But after that, With Pack on the court, starting with Texas A&M, K-State started playing better and better, and the defense has gotten better and better, and they look more like a Bruce Weber team. Even though they were losing to teams like Texas and and Texas Tech, they were competitive. Big reason, Nigel Pack's leadership. And finally, the defense settled in against TCU, and then an exceptional performance against uh, Oklahoma to get the wins. Nigel Pack's gonna be the cornerstone for the program. Mm -hmm. If for some reason he's a guy that transfers, that should set off alarm bells but with him and davion bradford the big guy k-state's got a pretty good setup going forward but they need more they can't rest mm-hmm. on just this recruiting class
2: you know fitz i mean this extremely complimentary of pack who i think is a very very good young player if you ever watch a, a random mid-major basketball game there's usually like one guard he's a little undersized but he just gets buckets and he can go off for 20 or 30 mm-hmm. any night Sometimes you wonder, you know, why don't high major programs just go and get that guy and enjoy all that scoring punch and what he develops into? Uh, again, I mean this so complimentary. That's what Nigel Pack has basically shown the promise of already being as a freshman. He's been very good. For
1: yeah, Kansas and it's, like I said, his scoring's dropped because I think he's just out of gas. Mm-hmm. So maybe actually the rest here between the eye infection that missed and if he comes back for the Iowa State game, he'll be really fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, now let's step out of bounds and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz looks like Baylor will
2: make it through 14 big 12 regular season games. That's out of 18, but the bears won't have to play Oklahoma, West Virginia, or Texas twice. Those are the league's three highest ranked teams after Baylor. So is it still fair for the bears to claim the league crown despite not having to play those games?
1: I'm bothered by it. And and at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, they should be league champions. I mean, uh, until Saturday, they were unbeaten in the league, no matter who they played. But I'm really bothered by the number of games Baylor's missed, not saying that they did it on purpose, but they did it kind of recklessly and it kind of screwed up the rest of the conference. But they will be the ones that pay the price because what if they lose another game or two coming down the stretch? Do they slide out of a one slot um, with the NCAA tournament? I don't know, but I know this. They better get it together because it's that time of year. Folks, the Big 12 tournament's a week away or two weeks away. They've got this open week now to do some uh, rescheduling of games, and Baylor's got like 17 games (laughs) this week, I think. Well, we'll see, but yeah, they should be, uh, but it stinks. It's it's almost like Ohio State did in football. They didn't play enough games, but you can't deny that they're pretty good.
2: Yeah, I, I think, and, and Bill Self kind of put it this way after the game, they're clearly the best team in the Big 12, give them credit, but they didn't have to endure that stretch. I mean, think about Kansas losing five road games in a row where yep. it just felt like every week you're playing someone. They didn't have to do that. They got to duck and avoid a lot of these you know great teams in the conference so uh, I think that can make it easier for them and and we will see like you mentioned if it hurts them in March Yep. well now let's hear from the fans and our fan question this week is who wins more big 12 games next year (laughs) K-State football or K-State basketball that's from Larry in Manhattan I believe it is directed to you wow
1: this is a good question because you think about it if, if football goes six and three in the big 12 that's a really good season but if they go six and, and what would it be? Twelve. and, 12. and I had a lacrosse studio math escape me. <laughs> six and twelve in, in basketball, not so good. Um, oh, man. It's like, will football be good and basketball bad? I'm going to go with a tie.
2: Okay.
1: I'm going to say they both win five games. Both win
2: five games. That's, that's pretty that's good. That's not good
1: enough for <laughs> basketball, let me tell yeah. you.
2: You want me to answer the question for Kansas basketball versus Kansas football? That's a pretty easy answer. <laughs>
1: well, hey,
2: uh, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at the Drive Thirteen. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on the Drive.
3: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love.
1: Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to look at the predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm slowly. I'm going to end up only getting a third of my games right. This is awful. Scott is rolling. He's pulling away from us. It's disgusting. Here's this week's picks, and we start with Oklahoma State. An eight-and-a-half-point underdog at West Virginia. Scott, you take. I will take Oklahoma State to cover here. I guess I have to give Mike Boynton love because
2: I picked him as Big 12 Coach of the Year.
1: And I will stick with hugs. There's not <laughs> enough hugs in the world.
2: <laughs> Next is UTEP. Uh, this was a hard line to figure out. We went with plus 14-and-a-half at Kansas. Fits a big line. We'll see how engaged Kansas is in this game. Who you got? I, uh,
1: this is so strange. I mean, Kansas is done with their Big 12 schedules. They picked up this game. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go with the Miners just because, I, I don't know, because you want KU?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll take Kansas. Again, I, I'm just interested to see how engaged they are because they can win by 15, but will they, I think, is another question. Yeah,
1: we'll find out. In our last game of the week, we did a pick them on this. They're the bottom two teams in the conference. Iowa State comes to K-State on Saturday for that makeup game. I say the Cats win and get to four wins in the Big 12 for the season. I will take Iowa State. And their first win of the season, if that happens. It's been amazing up in Ames. Again, make your predictions on our Twitter page, at TheDrive13. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott Chasen of Fog.net. a little bracketology
2: update here. You know, it's interesting. Joe Lenardi at ESPN now has Kansas as the lowest three seed in the field. And it's funny to think about where this team was in January when if you told fans, K you would get a four or five seed, I think they would have sold out for that. KU lost to Texas last week in overtime, a close game, but I think that probably realistically ends any hope of a two seed, short of winning out, winning the Big 12 tournament, beating Baylor again, but also Baylor probably having to look pretty good and maybe even having to beat West Virginia along the way because they're on that two seed line. It's hard to see right now, but for Kansas, if you're just focused on staying away from that one seed, staying on the other half of whatever regional you go into, uh, I think two wins at the Big 12 tournament, I think that's probably enough to get the job done for Bill Self to put this Kansas team where it is now. Very impressive, again, a three seed in you know, Joe Lenardi's latest mock-up.
1: In January, Kansas State was giving up 21 points, or losing by 21 points a game in conference play. In February, it dropped to eight. That's how much better K-State basketball got in the course of one month. Well, it's a good sign of progress. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.
0: Okay.